for tuning in to the Hope Hotline. Today I have my true official official. I know I had Jer on here. He doesn't count. He's a guy, first of all. Which, if you're a guy watching this, you do count. But in this instance, like, come on, hello. Um, Bia Dutois. Did I say that right? That's fine, yes. No, I did not. <laughs> Bia, say it to me. Dutois. Bia Dutois. Do I do it? Oh, right? that's good. Yeah, that's good. Bia Dutway <laughs> with uh, with me. She's actually Foundation Church. Well, I you know I would say like not just Foundation Church, but you're heavily have a heavy presence at the river. Mm-hmm. You have a heavy presence with Pastor Jonathan and Adalis with Revival today. Correct. Yes. So him. they are our South African missionary evangelists. Many many crusades. How many crusades do you have under your belt right now? I'd have to count in my head before I can answer that question. Um, Real quick. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. What do you think approximately? Probably about 10, around 10. And how old are you? 10 to 12. I'm 25. Just 25. 25. How many salvations? Over 350,000. Okay, I'm 55. I'm probably, I don't know, if I say 200... That might be extending the number of salvations. <laughs> I'm living vicariously through you. That's a lot of salvations for a 25-year-old. It makes you take countenance of, like, what am I doing? What am I accomplishing while I'm here on this earth? Mm. Um, and what why I have her here is because um, a lot of us need to step up our game. And uh, we, we need to be, I'd say this all the time, but we need to be winning the lost mm. and discipling believers. It's huge. It's a huge thing. That's what God uh, brought Jesus to this earth mm-hmm. um, for him to not only provide salvation for us, but mm-hmm. for others. And in order to make that happen, we have to make that happen. So um, there was a purpose and a plan behind Jesus coming. Mm-hmm. And if we're not doing that purpose and plan, yeah. then the you know uh, there'll be less souls in, he- in heaven. And mm-hmm. really, we should all care about... Uh, winning the loss because that's really why we're here yeah, yeah um, so I I wanted Bia to come because uh, she's actually uh, quite interesting I love her that's another reason why um, she's a all the girls right all the girls in this room <laughs> there's about one two three how many of us is there and one two three four five six total of six of us she is now one of us she's been here several times <laughs> and uh not several. I say a couple times you've been yeah. here, but I feel like it's several because I see her at the river all the time. So yes. we see her all the time. <laughs> um, but they're family. They're family mm. to us and super special. So I want you to see how special they are, and I want you to be spurred on and challenged and hopefully changed by their story, her and husband Daniel, um, t- to uh, maybe take the mantle that they're carrying and apply it to yourself and and start doing what they're doing Mm -hmm. because uh and foundation church we support them as well as revival today they support you guys correct um like we're not all monthly people like we Mm -hmm. give monthly but all of us um support them to some extent the river church does as well um, and if you so desire, um, when it's when she gets done, we're going to make sure that you know where you can go and send and support them in their crusades and their ministry abroad. Because listen, every soul that they win, actually, I have three hundred fifty thousand myself. That's, yes, what that's am I right. saying? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's we support them. That's right. It's to our account. So if you give to Foundation Church, 
you're also winning the lost with them mm-hmm. but we personally mm-hmm. um, want to be a part of that too so you personally outside of foundation church might want to support them too it's, it's a bigger mm-hmm. bigger picture but um, super exciting and I will say that she is how many months pregnant 24 weeks yes so six that's months. six months and my daughter and her friend decided to bring McDonald's into the room <laughs> the smell is wafting throughout here what are you doing to a pregnant girl I mean come on <laughs> oh okay Norma asked all right but I'm just saying like it smells it real. smells it smells mm-hmm. really good in here it does <laughs> it smells and I need to lose weight so <laughs> they should have considered me more so than consider her she can actually gain right now and she has an excuse <laughs> I need to lose. And McDonald's is killing me in here right now. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we're going to go on with our questions. Are you ready, girl? Yes. You're in the hot seat. Okay. okay. How did you and Daniel meet? Okay. so That's we, interesting. Yes. Yes, it is. So we actually met in 2017, if I have it correct, through a mutual friend who introduced us to each other. And we just met. I'm Daniel. I'm Bia. And I think we got each other on Instagram back then. And we never spoke again. We never spoke again for like a year. A year went by. And How old were you guys? Uh, 18. 18. Mm-hmm. Youngins. You yep. can marry young and it be yes. successful. Go ahead. Yes, amen. <laughs> yeah, so then we didn't speak again for a year. And then it's... Okay, I'll tell the whole story. So I was then a year later, I was busy with exams. So I studied dietetics. So it was exam time for me. And then usually with exam time, I delete all social media, my Instagram, my Facebook, everything. Just study and just read the word. Because if you try to do anything else, then you're not going to get to anything. Oh, yeah. So I actually deleted like my Facebook, my Instagram, everything. I was studying at the desk. I still remember where I was. And I was like, oh, I want to download Instagram. And I was thinking that's such a random weird thought to have because like there's a reason I don't have it on my phone right now. I was like, oh, whatever, I'll just download it. Downloaded Instagram, started flipping through the stories on Instagram. And then um, I saw Daniel's story. He had a story up of a sunset. And in South Africa, it's a big thing to go watch the sunset. So you always like get your friends together. We go watch the sunset. You have a nice coffee with the sunset or you have some pizza or whatever. So it's like a fun activity to do. So I just replied on that and asked, hey, where's the steak? And it's so beautiful. Just because I was curious, like, I want to go there and see right. the sunset with the friends. So nothing was intended by it. Asked him, and then he replied, like, hi, how you've been? Uh, this is where the sunset is. And then he went to go look at my Instagram, and he saw pictures of the outreaches that I was doing to India. So he was thinking, wow, this is really cool. Obviously, afterwards, I heard this part. He thought, this is really cool, another young person doing outreaches and doing the ministry. Like, I wonder how she's doing this. Like, I want to, like, meet up with her and chat about it. So he replied to me, hi, you know, how are you doing? Uh, This is where the sunset is. Can we go out for coffee? I can see by your Instagram that you love Jesus. (laughs) Now, let me ask you this. Did he like you? When, when he sent he, when that he message, sent, yeah, when he sent that message, did he, he was like actually it? dating someone when he sent me that message. Huh. <laughs> huh. So I think his intentions was really pure. Like he was okay. just like seeing like, oh, like this is a young girl and she's doing this mission work. I would love to like meet with her and like yeah, because that time he was using his t- tennis because he was um, on the road to become a professional tennis player. So he was using his tennis for the Lord, like evangelizing and wherever he would uh, travel for the tennis. 
to tell people about Jesus. And he would get right. like crazy opportunities for churches. Witness. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. That's awesome. So, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Really he was cool. actually, he was traveling somewhere for tennis and he was in a grocery shop and someone walked up to him and said, I'm a pastor of a church. I want you to come minister in my church. Like just like that, with not knowing who he was or oh what. Gosh. Like the Lord just spoke to that person, go right now to Daniel and go ask him to minister in your church. Yeah. So he has a lot of crazy stories like that. <laughs> and that just goes to show you that uh, your steps are ordered. Yes. Like, if you're supposed to be doing something, God will make a way mm-hmm. to make sure it happens. Mm-hmm. Go That's ahead. Right. That's awesome. Yes. Okay, so then we made up for a coffee. Um, and then we literally, he just asked me, like, so how are you doing all these things? And, like, you know, who, like, what are you doing with your life? And so I was just explaining I was studying and doing the mission trips. And I love the Lord. And just, like, explaining what the Lord's doing in my life. And then he did the same. And... I was doing hospital ministry, he was doing hospital ministry, and he was also doing street evangelism. So I was like, oh, can I join for that? Because I haven't done that before. Did you like him? Uh, not at, I won't say like, obviously you're like, oh, this is a nice guy. He's and he cute. loves the Lord. So this is like nice, you know, but not like, oh, let's like see. Because I actually, um, I had broken up with someone before that. Uh, because I started praying and asking the Lord was that my husband the Lord said no so I broke up with the person and then I asked the Lord I don't want to date someone again just to date like I wanted to be my husband when it's next so my mind wasn't really thinking of oh I, I want someone right now I was just pursuing the Lord and everything that he had for me and so this was just yeah I wasn't looking for something and then obviously thought this is a really nice guy and he loves the Lord but I was just excited about the ministry like what he goes into Long Street which is like the party streets in Cape Town goes and minister days to people I want to join I want to be part of this this was that was my heart and then I think after that coffee he was like okay he's breaking up with this girl that he's seeing (laughs) (laughs) I love it he's getting ready just came in (laughs) um but yeah so so he then broke up with the girl and then we started doing ministry together like hitting the hospitals and the streets and everything and um I think then it must have been soon after that I just came to a point where I was like okay lord is this now my husband? Because I can't be spending this amount of time with yeah. someone and in, like investing in a friendship. Like, cause you can't like, like a lady and a man can't spend that much time together if this is not going like somewhere. That's true. But just the, that's what I think, because I think the more time you spend with someone, that's how feelings develop, you know? 100%. So I can never understand why people like, like a girl and a guy would spend like, hours on end like weeks on end with each other and they're like no 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 no, nothing we're just like, friends we're just friends my son like. says that all the time tommy's like no guy i'm not kidding you hey there's daniel yes, we're gonna make you pop I mean. your head in <laughs> just your head yeah. yeah you can pop your head in really quick daniel just said i didn't even see you come in dear that's what I was saying when I said he broke up with the girl who was getting some red cheeks over there. Oh, I didn't see you say that. There's Daniel. Aww. How sweet. Um, that's what Tommy says. Tommy really? goes, Tommy says all the time, no guy, no guy is yeah. ever friends with a girl just to be friends. <laughs> and all you guys that are saying that's not true, you're liars. Apparently, you're a liar. My husband says the same thing. He goes, guys aren't friends with girls. Just to be friends, they like her. That's the way it is, and they, or they they see a potential future. Yes, so you're and so you got to figure that out. And if mm-hmm. there's no potential future, then you just don't even bother with them. Yeah, like what's the point? Yeah, what's you don't want to be friends time. with a yeah. girl until after you're like married. Yeah. Like then you're friends yes. with guys, and they're they're married. But yes. even that you got to be careful with because yep. some guys aren't 
even pure in that. But okay, so go ahead. Yeah. So, so you then, prayed. Yeah. Then I prayed. Then I just had like a peace from the Lord. Like I, I really felt that this is my husband. But I just felt like okay, all I need to do now is I can just let go. I don't have to worry. Like okay, I can't be seeing him like three times, you know, a week for ministry. Like. Like, I'll just now go go with it. So I just had peace, you know? Oh, yeah. So then I, we just continued doing ministry together. And he, uh, I think eventually he asked me out. And we we were together. And then a short, well, yeah. Okay, that's how we met. That's probably the end of the question of how we met. But, yeah, okay. So after, how long did you date? Before you um, got asked to be uh, engaged. Engaged. I think it was about, uh, it must have been between three and six months. I'm not exactly sure about the date that we started dating. Okay, Norma, you're in the room right now. Do not get engaged in three to six months. <laughs> I might have a heart attack. My brother- Shut up, Tracy. <laughs> of course you do. Your girls aren't ready to be married. Oh my gosh. I understand they're beautiful. My brother's speech at the wedding, he started off with when they got engaged, I wasn't even sure if they are dating. (laughs) Oh, be still my heart. Oh my gosh. Okay, so how old's your brother? Um, He is 31. Oh, okay. Norma, he's out. Oh, 32. (laughs) Norma, you can't date her. her, Is he married? He has a longtime girlfriend. Okay, he's out anyway. (laughs) Norma's like, I don't care. I am a matchmaker. Oh yes, not the best. I agree. Okay. How do you? I do not pick horrible. I pick married. Oh, that is true. I tried to fix my son up with somebody who's married. No. Married with three kids, but she's a cutie. Oh my gosh, she is so adorable. And she loves Jesus. Oh. But dadgum, the girl looks like she might be 21. Okay. How old is she actually? She's 30. <laughs> is there someone in the church? Yes, she's 37. Okay, she probably told me that, but I didn't. She's 37. She literally looks 21. Is she, it's an honest I, mistake. She has three kids, but she doesn't look like she's had one. <laughs> Hopefully that'll be me. Oh no, it will be you, girl. I mean, yeah, it will totally be you. But oh my gosh, thirty-seven. I thought it was bad that she was married and had three children, but thirty-seven tries to throws that right on over the edge. It's an honest mistake, Buster. Honestly, I give it to you. Anyone could make the mistake. Bless. Yeah. What a great cheerleader. I love it. It's really bad though, Bia. I mean, yeah, 37, okay. You'll have to show me who children. the lady is that I can just like. You saw her yesterday. I bet you if you saw her on her own. Is she just blonde? Yes. If, if she you does saw look her very young. Yeah. If, yep. She is. Oh. <laughs> Hello. You could have been my future. Uh, you could have been my future uh, daughter in law. Well, not really, because you're 37. <laughs> but I would have picked you if you were 21. All day long. She's a cutie, man. She's sweet. She's yeah, yeah, cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? I am going to have to, like, I'm going to have to pop her on. I do. She might She might not want to, though. She might hide from me now. Because I keep telling her I want her to be my son's wife. my bri- His bride. I don't think a husband is liking that. Yeah, Tommy's, like, Tommy is so focused right now on fighting and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, I he, listen. He knows lots of girls, mm-hmm. but he's not. He's not in. 
He's not into it right now. He's like totally focused. But let's go back That's to good. you. Enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough about Tommy's future wife. Yeah. Um, okay, uh-huh. so you got you dated for three to six months. Be mm-hmm. still my heart. You got married a year after a year of dating. How long were you engaged? Six six months. Or was it eight months? What's March to December? So you were together a whole year and you got married within that year? Yeah. So we started dating end of 2018, like somewhere Mm -hmm. there. And then we got married December of 2019. Yeah. And for the engagement period, Daniel was spending most of his time in Zambia. So we got engaged in March of 2019. And then he was in Zambia for seven months up until this is why it's so important like one of the things that you said Mm -hmm. was you asked the lord your previous boyfriend is he the one you Mm. knew he wasn't so obviously you prayed is daniel the one yeah most people never ever ever and you can get married to somebody who's gone for seven months Mm -hmm. seriously you can do this if you pray is this person the one if you know the voice of the holy spirit Mm -hmm. um and you're not carnally minded. Yeah. Like you, what you did is you went to school. You only did school. You turned off all the social media and mm-hmm. you spent time in study of the yeah. word. Okay, that shows the maturity of a Christian mm-hmm. believer. And that obviously you, you are diligent in your Christian walk. Mm-hmm. So you can trust that, okay, I do hear the voice of the Lord. Yeah. He is the one. Yeah. So it's irrelevant. And Norma, you have my permission. If God tells you that somebody is the one, I'll let you marry within a year. Not that I have much say in it, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't see it happening anytime soon, so I'm quite comfortable in this. Don't raise your eyebrow to me. Like, you don't know? Oh, my gosh. I know. She ain't getting married in a year. Well, my gosh, I should never say never, because seriously, every time anything I say never, possible. anything is possible. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, so um, after you got married, mm-hmm. you only dated and were married in a year. Okay. Year in a bit, yeah. Yep. So how, when was your first crusade after that? So our first crusade that we did together, we were actually engaged. That was uh, September of 2019. That was our first crusade. Did you, did Daniel, did Daniel head that one up? Or does, yeah. he, okay, so how many people attended that one? Ooh. I Dan. Was the salvations? Around 8,000 souls. Was it? Okay. Yeah, so, so you had 8,000 souls, but how many people in attendance do you think? I honestly can't remember. I don't know if you 30, can. 000. How many? 30,000? 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, For the first one, though? 30,000. Cool. It might be a bit less. I, I can't remember. That's exactly. amazing. Okay, yeah. so you were engaged, then you start, but then COVID came. Yeah. That screwed everything up. Yeah. But so what's amazing about them? is even though COVID came, all the churches in the area pretty much closed down. Yep, that's right. They found a way around. They are not COVID cavers. They still <laughs> kept going. In fact, um, people in South Africa, mm-hmm. they were not happy that mm. you guys did not close down, that you found a way, which I, you got to tell the story mm-hmm. how they, yep. they um, and I believe this is like God just giving you revelation mm-hmm. of how to, figure out a way to still Mm -hmm. win souls, to still Mm -hmm. have church, because people were still hungry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we were, so, okay, so we had the crusade September 2019, then December 2019 got married, then our plan was to do a crusade in Cape Town in 2020. So for the preparation for eventually having the crusade, we were hitting different churches every weekend, and this already started the end of 2019. So we were going into different churches every weekend, continuing with that 
into 2020 and then um then COVID hit march of 2020 so then we're like oh well how can we now continue going into the community going into churches spreading the word of god even though with the whole COVID situation because in south africa you weren't allowed to like drive anywhere just at the grocery shop one person out of the family go back home like only the essential services you know are allowed on the road it was way stricter than it was in here i think so oh yeah it was was. very bad oh yeah yeah it was yeah, so then, um, so then we had a friend who had like a med- or like an essential service, like her business got like approved for it or whatnot. So we went like under her to also get the approval so that we can continue. So we switched sort of to food parcels. So going into the community for just food parcels, but then we also preached the word, do an article, salvation still came in. So it was really just amazing because if we weren't going to the different churches over the weekends and having that those relationships with the people, we wouldn't be able to now COVID it. Now all of a sudden we want to go do something. Yeah, you're so, shut down. Yeah. You're completely. Yeah. Okay. So there was a lot of crusades planned for 2020 in Zambia specifically. Obviously, yes, we wanted to do one in Cape Town, but also for Zambia. Then COVID it. So we were like, okay, what are we going to do? Because now we can't leave like the country can't like fly anywhere uh then we like put in an application for a crusade in zambia and first that got denied like by the president and we had to go like around it we had to get like the military involved and like because <laughs> with things god like all things are possible That's right. if he tells you to do he something you, yeah then he'll pave the way and mm-hmm. it's not always the easiest way yeah sometimes you have to listen to that still small voice mm-hmm and he'll show you the way around things, but people right. see a roadblock and they're like, well, I guess I missed it. Yeah, I can't do it. Okay. No, done. not necessarily. Like yep. if you heard his voice and yes. there's a roadblock, then you, okay, Lord, I know you told me. Yes. Now, how do we work around yep. this? That's right. You have to be diligent. Yeah, you can't just give, give up as soon as something seems like, oh, this is not working out. Like you need to persevere. Yeah. But yeah, so we, so we, uh, we eventually set the date for November of 2020 because it seemed like by then we would be able to fly out of the country. So that's what we did. And I mean, we even thought like no one is probably going to want to join us because we always take a mission trip. But we had a few people coming along with us on that crusade. And that was actually also rain season in Zambia. So it wasn't like the most clever thing to organize a crusade for them. But we were like, this is the date that we can do to get out of the country so let's just go for it and it was actually raining just before the crusade started and we all prayed and it stopped raining for all the evenings of the crusade right dan none of the evenings rained yeah so you know jesus stilled the the storm that's right yeah so yeah. i think we can control the weather <laughs> yes it's just, nobody ever does that yeah. nobody was like well it's it's mother nature no mm-hmm. it's god god controls the the climate and he controls the weather Mm -hmm. and we have the power and authority i mean we've done so many things we've had so many events at this church Mm -hmm. that were outside and we had to do the same exact thing and people are like i can't believe it i'm like no like you can you can do that yeah jesus did that Mm -hmm. okay so you figured out how to work around Mm -hmm. all of these things and you ended up so churches hated you guys like people were thinking you were like with us like people thought we were Mm -hmm. so dangerous to be having church we were killing people yeah uh so that that was actually like a little bit later because in south africa we had like okay there's hard lockdown then there's like level five we did levels i don't know how it worked yeah then like we would enter into level four so now okay you can do this and then level three and then the whole place will just go back to level five so so I know that during uh, 21, 2021, 
that we went back into a level five and that's when we were placed out in the rural area um for me to have my hospital year and we actually did a crusade in the community there and even the police came because <laughs> we were feeding everyone and and that was level five lockdown so heading from where we were living in that community back to cape town there were still restrictions for churches so this wasn't lockdown anymore but you still had to do masks and social distance and we started doing weekly meetings with no masks no social distance and that was what people were upset with us about yes yeah you guys have taken quite a hit like mm-hmm. even like with support people yeah. who supported you yeah that's right. because you took a stand and you did what was right mm-hmm. and you believed the bible yeah um psalm 91 as well as so many other things but because you didn't cave to mm-hmm. everything um you guys financially have yeah taken a huge hit because of yeah. that but god has come through but even Definitely. so like it has like that was a step of faith yes yes we that was even i think that was back in 2020 again when we were planning the crusade in zambia so we had like a f- you know a few people give monthly or who were very very willing to support the crusades and then when they saw that you continuing to do large mass gatherings during COVID, no, 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 we are no part of this. And a lot of people withdrew. And yeah, so we basically edited with a clean page into 2021, like <laughs> with nothing. Yeah. And you have how many, how many crusades did you have on the books for 2021? 2020. So how many did you, because you guys always plan the year out with yeah. how many you're anticipating on doing. So mm-hmm. 2021, even though people like left you. Yeah. Yeah, you obviously said we're still going to move forward. We're yeah. going to walk this out. How many do you think you had on the books for then? We we planned two real massive big ones for Zambia. We had one in South Africa in the Eastern Cape. Is that correct, Dan? One in Kenya. And one in Kenya. So you had four. That's right. With no support. Yeah. And these things cost on average. How much is a true... Uh, every mm-hmm. place is a little different. But yeah. on average, what does a crusade cost you guys to do? Because you have staff. Yeah. Then you have to get all the churches together because mm-hmm. they don't just do a crusade yes. where they win the loss and then they leave them. That's a, mm. because it goes, first of all, it goes against God's word. But so what they do is they, when they form a crusade, they get churches around the community mm-hmm. that they're hosting the crusade in and they get yes. all the pastors to get in. And so they disciple the pastors. You teach the pastors, mm-hmm. right? And um, then you tell when when you win the loss you disperse the loss that mm-hmm. have been won and mm-hmm. saved you disperse them through these churches correct yeah, yeah or that's, that's the goal that's, so they become disciple that's believers that's correct yes so we yeah so we never just choose the area set up crusade and go in and then go out again right it's we, a big deal yeah yeah we do a lot of time and effort with getting as many as the churches in the area involved as possible because we want to see those churches full and we want to see everyone getting saved at the crusade being plugged into a church so that they Huge. can grow in their christian life yeah. well, billy graham one of Bill, billy graham's biggest regrets is mm-hmm. one of the things that he says is he would go and he would have these massive crusades mm-hmm. major lost um come to jesus mm-hmm. and he said that after they were saved they had nowhere to go mm-hmm. that's one of his big regrets and and he might have mm-hmm. changed that near, near the end but one of the things he said which was powerful for mm-hmm. me is that he said we'd win them but then they had nowhere to go after that they didn't plug in yeah somewhere and he's like so yeah. what happened to all those people that 
receive salvation. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome that you had that forethought to yeah. say, okay, we've won them. Now they have to grow. That's right. Yeah. Because it's the parable of the sower, sower mm-hmm. which is in Matthew. You know, you don't want that them to fall on mm-hmm. uh, rocky ground and mm-hmm. things like that where they take no fruit, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't grow. That's okay, right. so you go into these places, mm-hmm. you get churches set up. That's so right. this isn't like, so how much does the average crusade cost? You so, guys have to come up mm-hmm. and, and and believe for. What yeah. is that? Then now it's $90,000. On average? On average, would you say? Eighty to ninety thousand dollars. Yeah, to run obviously, a like you say, depending on the area. But let's just for around about let's say plus minus ninety thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Which for a, tw- I mean, I don't know about. Listen, when I was twenty four years old, <laughs> I was just coming back to Jesus. But if I had been twenty four years old yeah. and saved, believing for eighty or ninety thousand dollars. Yeah. That would have been a stretch. Multiple times a year. Multiple times. <laughs> like you have eight to nine scheduled this year, correct? That you're planning to do. That your plan is yeah. to do. Like you have, you guys have goals. Mm-hmm. So. The goal wh- this year is six. Six. Yeah. Okay. That's I was right. wrong. All right. Too many. But even so, like if you're having to believe 80 to 90,000 mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. at 20, you're 24. Yeah. You're 25 years like me and Tom. I'm older than him by a year. So, uh, like, that's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. <laughs> but you guys don't walk around with any pressure. No. You, you, like, you would never know. Yeah. You just trust God. It's like he told you to do it. You'll it's do like, it. And then who's the man of God who says that <clears throat> when, um, like, the Lord just told you to, tr- uh, to trust for it? Or you don't have to pay for it. The Lord told you to believe for it. So I think we just <laughs> take That's that. how you do it. Yes. Like if the Lord, the thing is we've seen now every single time when the Lord instructs us to do it, he will bring in the money for it because it's his instructions to go and do it. Absolutely. So obviously in the beginning, you know, like in the beginning, you don't know it yet. So like you maybe like worry and like think how is this going to work and the Lord, but now like it's like the Lord has proven his faithfulness time after time after time. You know, he's faithful. You know, he will always come through. Absolutely. So, so here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to we're going to have it be so that people can see mm-hmm. where to give cuz they have one coming up. What are we shy for the the crusade that's coming up in 2 weeks? $45,000. So we need $45,000 to come in and we'll have a couple times now we're going to have it so that you can see where to give. Okay, Mm -hmm. and listen, I deeply encourage you, like you may say, well, I have a small sphere of influence, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Like the only time I see anybody is when I talk to my neighbor or um, because some people don't have jobs anymore. They're retired Mm -hmm. or whatever. I don't have a means to give outside of going to the or not means to give, but uh, means to witness Mm. or um, share my faith because I only go to the grocery store and all I do is... uh, See my neighbors. Okay, mm-hmm. well, that's great. And you should be sharing your faith at those opportunities. Yes. But now is an opportunity for you to, if you don't have a big sphere, mm-hmm. now is the time. Like anything, any seed you plant, mm-hmm. you're a part of that, which is huge. So I encourage mm-hmm. you, listen to the Holy Spirit. He may be prompting you right now. Mm-hmm. Give. They have six crusades this year. Mm-hmm. So even if you're watching this podcast and it's six months from now, because <laughs> you may say, well, this was, you know, February, whatever. Um, 
that this is aired, February or whatever. Okay, that's past. We'll just mm-hmm. know. They do this every year, several times a year. Mm-hmm. And if it's next year that you're, if it's 2024, mm-hmm. they'll they be address, even more bland. <laughs> they'll be even more because they up the game every single year. That's but right. They always bring in that money because you have, God's using you in a mighty way. And then mm-hmm. you reap the harvest of whatever they harvest. Amen. So um, let's do that. Okay, so let me ask you this. Uh, you're expecting your first baby. Yes. <laughs> Tell us all about the baby. Oh, we're so excited. It's really such a, a, a new and fresh, you know, season and exciting. And you know, we're really looking forward to it. And what but are you having? A boy. A boy, Zachariah. He will be called. <laughs> I love it. I and love it. He's coming. The due date is June the 8th of this year, obviously. So... Super excited. Getting so close, y'all. I now, listen. Like, um, having babies, like, huge change. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way. It's actually yeah. a, a very amazing, awesome way when you have a kid. But, listen. You're going into the bush, girl. <laughs> with a baby. Yes. And a papoose. <laughs> I don't know what a papoose is. I just... Isn't that what Indians carry? <laughs> oh, a, a snuggie. Heather says a snuggie. A snuggie, okay. So, listen, you're going into the bush, girl. What's that going to look like? Is the baby kicking right yes. now? <laughs> you, I'm, for, I'm prophesying, Zachariah, where you're going to be and your mother. Okay, so, like, mm. what does that look like for you? What, are you? what are you thinking? Obviously, you're not worried. You're not nervous. Mm. Like, yeah. The baby will go wherever you go. That's right. And you guys go into some seriously dangerous places. Like Mm -hmm. my daughter is about to go with you guys. Yes. And uh, Tracy's husband, Jer, is about to go to this one in two weeks. Mm -hmm. They're coming to this this crusade. Like what is the the name of the place? It's it's in Cape Town area, Mm -hmm. right? But where is it? Is this like one of the most dangerous places to go into? So you guys are like, you're not like going into Beverly Hills or something you know yeah. <laughs> like even that isn't the safest anymore but I'm just saying it's not like you're going into some fluffy area no. to yeah. win the lost you guys are going into the most dangerous places yep. to win people who will never hear the gospel yeah outside right. of you guys Amen. or other people like you guys willing yeah. to go so what does that look like I know you're not worried yeah you're not you have no concern for mm-hmm. you or your child mm-hmm you have the hedge of protection mm-hmm. but listen there's lots of mothers that are watching this mm-hmm. right now and they never face what you face and they're full of worry and fear yeah like they will never go where yeah. you're going yeah and they literally fear their kid stepping out onto the back of the night whether there's a cage or there's a fence yeah around their pool and they're still worried about the the safety of their child yeah. do you know what i'm saying like we live in such a different mm-hmm. world mm-hmm and fear is is real but some people just allow it to go so far overcome them Mm -hmm. with irrational thought Mm -hmm. you're facing real life real issues Mm -hmm. and you're going i'm I'm not worried about it god's called you to do something that's the thing when the lord tells you to go do it he will protect you so he's not gonna call you to go into an area and then he's gonna be like oh now you're on your own you know it doesn't do that so that's why i'm not worried and like i know even with 
and many people were like oh you're probably not going to travel as much anymore and you're probably not going to like be by all the crusades anymore and things like that and i'm like no why does it have to be that way the lord will grace you for whatever is coming into your life so yeah. he knows we're having a baby and even if that looks like now traveling with maybe extra help or whatever that might look like i know that the lord will lead us into that direction then and that there will be provision and there will be grace for that and so i'm excited and i mean we saw uh, two evangelists the other day a husband and wife with their little boy who's doing crusades and the little boy is probably like one and a half and he was waddling there on the stage behind his dad while he was preaching and then daniel showed it to me and he was like this will be our boy and i was Absolutely. like yes amen i mean train up a child right i mean what yes. better to tra- way to train him up mm-hmm. in, in the fear and admonition of the lord by seeing real situations but mm-hmm. also training them to 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 do what you do if that's what yeah. god's going to call them to do and yeah. uh but seriously fear is fear it yep. grips people like you may not be afraid to do what god's called you to do but mm-hmm. still like you guys have animals like like pastor uh pastor rodney and, and, and pastor adonica were telling us about like like animals just go through villages like yeah. like lions and like they told <laughs> stories about they're sleeping in tents and yes. you can hear the lions outside like yeah roaring and yes. like it's <laughs> that is nothing like what we face it's not even close and we have people in this country so full of fear or worry mm-hmm. that they don't face the same thing so how do you walk that out like even as yourself with mm-hmm. no child but let's imagine you with children how does that like how, what would you tell a mom that's full of fear or yeah. a woman that's full of fear just like you're not yeah how do you do that and it's not supernatural yeah. as far as i wasn't born like that mm-hmm. a lot of times it's what do you do with that fear mm. to subject it unto the yeah. authority of of god i mean yeah well it's a choice you need to choose that i will now trust god with this and then you need to take that thought captive and put it under submission to god's word you know and then if you need to get a list of scriptures that you need to read out loud to yourself every time that you feel that fear coming, then you need to do that. You need to do whatever you have to do to get your faith strong in God for not having fear, knowing that He protects you, knowing that He is with you. Because that is just, like, I can't imagine living in fear. Like I can't either. It, and I I'm can, not a and fearful person. And it's paralyzing, you know, for people. And even oh, yeah. with doing the work of the Lord, like if the Lord tells you to do something, I mean, if you would look back onto your life, and think of all the situations where the Lord has spoken you to do something and the reason why you have not done it. Fear would most probably be like one of the number one reasons for most people. Oh yeah. So you gotta have to you gotta have to make you have to make the choice to trust the Lord and put your trust in him. Oh yeah. So 100%. it's a choice, it really is. It, you know, so many people don't do things for fear of failure. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, is I, I say this all the time, but uh, one of the things Michael Jordan, one of his biggest quotes is, he has failed more than he has succeeded. Mm-hmm. But those failures took him to being successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Einstein, the same thing. Einstein had so many uh, different, um, what do you call it, inventions, mm-hmm. okay? He has more invent- inventions that failed than he had successes. Okay. But you have you can't be afraid to fail because failure is a part of success. Yeah. And if you allow that to keep you from doing something, everyone's going to fail. Mm-hmm. 
But if the Lord tells you to do it, yeah, then you do it. And if, if along the way you see some failures, mm. you're still going to get the victory. You're still going to win. And the yeah. same thing is, is like being afraid of different things. Mm-hmm. You have to take those thoughts captive. One of the to. things uh, when uh, Pastor Dallas was here. Mm. For my ladies conference she talked about how she was gripped with fear mm-hmm. and she went in one night to um jonathan was playing a video game and she was so afraid like she something happened and i can't remember what she said something happened she was so gripped with fear mm-hmm. that she went into jonathan and um he was playing the video games and she was talking to him about it he says don't fear stop stop being afraid mm-hmm. and she's like it's not that simple he's like it's not that simple don't fear and she tried to talk and he's like don't fear and all he did is kept playing the video game didn't pay attention to her and kept don't fear yeah she said she walked out so mad at him yeah because he would not like talk this through with her rationalize it all he kept saying is don't fear i told tom that story and tom like it moved him because Mm -hmm. he was like that's the right answer though you don't you don't rationalize fear with somebody mm-hmm. what he said to her and she even said it was the best thing for her mm-hmm. even though it made her mad because really it's people say well it's not that simple it's really that simple it is yeah it's that don't choice. do it yeah it's like sinning you don't do it yes so you so don't fear you mm-hmm. like shut that off in your mind you're mm-hmm. like i can't control my thoughts Yes, you can. Yes. Because the Word of God says you can. Yes. Take every thought captive. That's right. So you can. Mm-hmm. But it's a decision that has to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's super exciting. Okay, let me um, ask you this. I, I had a list of questions for you. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I want you, you have, when we close out, I'm going to have you do the salvation call, if you okay. don't mind. And yeah. that's a surprise to you. But I was just about to say, I'm going to do the salvation. I'm yeah. like, no, you're going to do it. Because, like... This is what you do, right? Yeah. Um, and then you uh, you have some really good giving. We only have like 20 minutes left. A little okay. shy. So, uh, you, so you have a really good giving story that mm-hmm. people have to hear. And I, it's one of, I love this story. So let me ask my last question. Okay. Um, wait a minute. The, I was going to, so my question is share the exact location, which you did mm-hmm. not. So your crusade you have coming up. Tell where it's at. Okay. Tracy's going to put on, um, while you're talking about her, I don't know how she's going to do it, but she's going to put like where it's at so people can have an idea. Okay. We're going to, again, put out um, where to give. The last thing I want you to tell is, which is amazing, how many pl- people you're planning to attend. And then talk about this area because people mm-hmm. need to understand what this area is like that you're going into. Yep. They need to be praying for you guys. Mm-hmm. You know you're safe. But what we need to do is yes. surround you guys, and we need the biggest return from the number of people that are coming. Yeah, we need the harvest. Yes, that's right. We need a harvest of mm-hmm. souls to be one to the Lord. Like, that's what's right. the point in going if you yeah. don't win the lost? I mean, what? <laughs> it's a lot of money to you spend. Might as well stay. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of money to spend when yeah. you get no return on your investment. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. So, what's the name of the town? So it's Delft. Is the is the city? It's just a little bit to the right of Cape Town, so Cape Town, South Africa. So it'll be Delft, South Africa. It is a really dangerous township because Cape Town's 
like a big Massive. city. Yeah. It's a big city. It's yes. like if we, you go there, that's kind of like going to like maybe, uh, not New York, but it would be yeah. something like going to another big city in the United States. Mm-hmm. You have the the nice amenity to there yes. and things like that, right? Yes. Okay. So, but, you'll, so in South Africa, you have Cape Town like right here mm-hmm. and then you have all the different areas around it. So people mm-hmm. will still refer to these areas as Cape Town, but it's just outside of Cape Town. So you have some like nice neighborhoods. You have uh, the 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 big big communities where everyone lives in shacks. You know where the living conditions is not very great. So Delft is one of them. It's a big 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 community where the living conditions isn't very great. You know with all the power outages and everything now in South Africa. So right now you guys are going through power outages, yeah. which people don't like. We don't experience mm-hmm. that. California does to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But right now, tell them, like, what's going on. Like, every everything in your freezer and refrigerator, when you go home, <laughs> is getting tossed. Yes. Why is that? Yeah, the power will be off for, like, four hours, then come back on for two hours, then off again for four hours. And now there's a new thing being released that uh, you will only have power for eight hours a day in 24 hours. So this is that a part of the been, plan. Yeah. People do not understand. This is part of the world economic plan. They're hitting uh, countries right now that United States will be the last one probably that experiences this because we're such we're the the world power. We're losing that, but mm-hmm. right now we're the biggest world power. But what they're doing is they're hitting all these little country, not little, but these countries yeah. that uh, don't have a lot of military power things like that could that could really like do something about it right the people are going to have to rise up yeah big time so right now you're you're experiencing what they're trying to do across the board mm-hmm. to to sub- make us to be all gl- a global world if you will mm-hmm. um so which isn't good so yeah you have no electric it's going to soon be 8 hours a day that's, that's all you'll what's have been announced yeah that's what's been announced. So, so we'll see. What does that, that hasn't been like? implemented. Okay. It hasn't been implemented yet. So I'll have to keep you updated <laughs> on how that goes. But yeah, so Delft, so even especially these communities in and around Cape Town, well, basically South Africa, they get hit also very, very hard because most of them, you know, uh, have power even out for longer than, than the inner cities. But yeah, anyway, so this is a dangerous area. There, um, There's a lot of gangsterism there. Like I remember I was even working in the hospital there sometimes during my studies. And sometimes the lecturer would let us know we're not going in today because there's too many gang fights going on, shootings happening. Like it's a rough township. So that's where, we, that's where the Lord called us to go for this crusade. So we are extremely excited because those people need Jesus. That's the only way the community will change is if you give them Jesus. And, and they come to the Lord because that's, yeah, that is the only way a community can change. There's no like program or what you have it that can change a community. It's the power of the gospel. It is. And you know, what's interesting is you guys don't just go in and talk about the power of the gospel, mm-hmm. which is the number one, but you go, you go in and you teach them about dietitian, correct? Because that's what your degree is in. Yes. So you train them and then you also tell them like, you don't just go in and do one little thing. You guys Mm. bring a a huge learning uh, curve to to maybe how life can be with them for them, correct? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. what what does that look like too? Because it's huge. Yeah, so so that'll be like the humanitarian arm of the ministry. We try to always join it with a crusade. So depending on the area where we are, it looks different. Like we've had like a 11 night crusade in South Africa where during the day I would go and have 
all the moms bring their little children, do growth monitoring with them, explain to them what they can try to, on a, of course, a cheap budget, mm-hmm. purchase to incorporate in the little one's diet to make them grow healthy and strong. I do some breastfeeding education with the mommies. So th- that's what we do. Sometimes we go to un- uh, universities. We go to orphanages. We give out massive food supply for them. A lot of these orphanages, especially in Africa, they don't, you, you will get there and they have nothing. Like they have like 60 children to feed and they have nothing. They will show you their stores. It's completely empty. So we stock that up. We teach them about vegetable gardening, self-sustainable. We've helped in the past with water wells being built in communities because sometimes people need to walk like a whole hour to go get drinking water. It's We're so really spoiled no in the United yeah. States. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So these are the real, so we, so even specifically for me, like, if I can be honest with you, I want to do a lot more with our humanitarian arm. I want to put a lot more effort into it, grow the program a lot bigger. So as our team for Take the Nations is growing, that will allow me to focus more on that because currently I'm still very involved, you know, with the inner workings of everything of the ministry. So as I can give off more of that and focus more on the humanitarian arm, I really want to do a lot more. And I'm very excited because the Lord told me to go study dietetics and that's why I went to go study it. I knew that I wasn't just going to be a dietitian for the rest of my life, but that I was going to use the knowledge to empower me to do it within the ministry. So I'm really excited for that. That's That gets me <laughs> real excited. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah, and so, yeah, we have a team coming with us for this Dove Crusade. Like you said, your daughter is coming and another member from your church. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. yeah. we always have uh, people from America join, people from South Africa, from Europe. Um, so, so if it's, somebody wants to also come and be a part of what yes, you're doing, um, you we'll put that also on the, the screen. website, takethenations.com, yes. and they can apply for any of the crusades. We always take a team, and we take a team, and it's always, I, I told you the other night, the most rewarding part is to see how the Lord changes every single person who comes. And many people who come, they get launched into the ministry after that. They end up doing their own crusades. Like It really is phenomenal to see what the Lord does. Yeah, which is, that's what you want your ministry to do. You want your ministry to uh, grow replicate. other people yeah. and replicate that. That's and right. then, I mean, again, it goes about that seed falling mm-hmm. and then it's spreading, right? Mm-hmm. It's so important. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's see how many, we got 10 minutes. All right, okay. so I want you to do your, the salvation, if you will. And yep. then um, what I, I always do is I do a salvation prayer. Mm-hmm. And then um, speak to the people that aren't saved. Mm-hmm. And then let's tell your story okay. about giving. Let's do it. Well, if you're listening today and you have never heard about Jesus, you've never heard anything, but you came across this podcast in whatever way, and you really want to know him, this this time is for you. We're going to do a prayer for you to know Jesus, to give your life to him. And if you listening to this podcast and you were once on fire for the Lord, you were once winning the lost, and going out and proclaiming the good news of Jesus and now you're not doing that anymore. Maybe something happened in your life, you know, that really like shook you and took you away from the Lord or you were angry with the Lord or whatever it might have been. This is your opportunity to come back to the Lord. And also if, you, if you've if you been living a Christian life, but after these stories that you're hearing now about winning the lost and going into communities and telling people about the Lord and even our pastor Hope was mm-hmm. saying, when you go to the grocery store, you can share Jesus with the people. And you've never done that before, but you were a Christian. I want you to pray this also with me today because your life doesn't have to look boring as a Christian. It is so (laughs) exciting. I remember the first time I was in a church where someone gave a testimony of them being at a garage and seeing the person's foot 
limping or whatever he was limping because something was wrong with the foot. Prayed for him, got completely healed. The first time I heard that, I thought to myself, I'm living such a boring Christian life. Like we can be seeing salvation and healing every single day, wherever we go. And we just need the boldness and the Holy Spirit gives us that boldness. So I want you to pray this prayer with me if, if you fit into any one of those categories. And we're just going to say, Dear Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. I give you everything, Father. I lay it all down. I believe that you came to the earth and you died for my sins so that I can have salvation. And you rose up again and you are in heaven right now. Thank you, Father, that you can wash me clean, take away all my sins. Thank you, Lord, that I can be joined into your eternal family today. And I make that choice today, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done for me. Holy Spirit, come into my heart, come into my life. Give me boldness so that I too can share the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone around me. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Wonderful. Now, giving is huge. Mm-hmm. Monster. Mm-hmm. Life-changing. I was just talking to you about this last night. Mm-hmm. And so many people, we were talking about how so many people think the reason you talk about giving is so that you get from them. Mm-hmm. But really what you're trying to do is give them get freedom them yeah. freedom in their finances so they understand what God really wants to pour out for them. Like. Mm-hmm. He's so good. He's mm-hmm. such a good dad. And like, he has so much more for us. Mm-hmm. Like, as parents, you don't know this yet, but you do have an inkling. But as a parent, you, like, when Christmas time comes around, if you don't have enough, you're always looking at what's underneath that tree going, man, I wish there was more for my baby or mm-hmm. my kids or whatever. Or you're looking at that Christmas tree and you're like, I did good this year. <laughs> like, my kids are really spoiled. Right? God wants to spoil you Mm. like he wants so many things to give to you like you want to give so many things to your kids underneath that tree Mm -hmm. and uh we control the flow yeah and most people they they don't understand this because Mm -hmm. they only they want to control every aspect of their finances yeah and that's where real faith comes in is when you say I give you my finances. Mm-hmm. That's when you really release. That's mm-hmm. that's why it's so hard. Your finances are really how much you have trust and faith in God and yeah. what he'll do for you. Yeah. When you release your finances, mm-hmm. he now knows how much you you really like are releasing yourself to him. Yes. You've given everything to yeah. him now. Right? They, where your heart is, your treasure will be. Yeah. Yeah. So share with them your story of... Um, the ring. Yeah. <laughs> the ring. I mean, yes. it's amazing. I don't know if I can show them the ring. It's a heart-shaped diamond that's in here. And uh, then it has like diamonds on all the sides, on the sides, the top, the bottom. Okay. So when I was five years old, obviously my dad told me this story because I can't remember what happened when I was five. But my dad was in the diamond industry and he was sitting in the living room uh, writing up and weighing a few diamonds. And one of these diamonds was this heart diamond. And I came into the living room, saw the hard diamond, pointed at it and said to him, mine, daddy, mine. And then he decided he's going to keep it for me until I turn 21. And then he'll give it to me as a wedding ring. You know, well, me and my husband can use as a wedding ring. Right. And so uh, when I turned 21, he gave it to me, the, the heart. 
And that was just before Daniel and I got engaged. So he gave it to me February. I went over to Zambia in March. And uh, then Daniel trusted the Lord just to buy like a cheap, <laughs> a cheap little ring. Yeah. Just to get engaged. And he like really put his faith out there. And I think I Googled it last night. It was like $56. <laughs> and like back then it was like massive for him to trust yeah. for this, you know. So um, we got engaged. But that's how I knew it was a, such a surprise for me because... You know, the diamonds back home, he knows we have the diamond, but we can't get engaged because we don't have the ring. Then that happened. And then uh, we came back to South Africa. And he, when he came to visit one time, you know, from Zambia, we went to the shop. We He designed the ring, actually. So, like, it's all him. And we trusted for the money for the rest of the diamonds and the white gold and all of that. And so the ring was created. And it's my wedding ring. And I absolutely love it. Obviously, it's really, really sentimental to me it's high in value it's really is if you speak about your alabaster box that you have this would be mine okay this uh, like huge yes yeah, go from a 56 dollar yes which was like you faith is incremental yes that's right and so um he who is faithful with a little okay. will be faithful with much mm -hmm. which you go from, which you didn't know about, you go yep. from a $56 engagement ring mm -hmm. to like, it's like our building. We went from a 1,700 square foot rental yep. plaza to a 50, owning a 52,000 square foot building. He wow. who is faithful with a little will be faithful with much. Yeah. Like it's the same exact thing. Yep. Like that ring, like how many carats is that? Well, the heart is like 2.45, I think. And then there's smaller diamonds around i don't know the whole carrot probably but it's at least 36 three. diamonds all together on the sides yeah it's at yeah. least three which is yeah. huge oh daniel daniel's got <laughs> carrots hanging out of his mouth are you sure you were right about marrying him no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> at least they're not hanging out of your two nostrils <laughs> so this yes. it gets better than that though because yes. this is okay so it's sentimental because yeah. your dad held mm -hmm. it for you since you're five yes and then, then you believed for a yeah. yeah. So you went from like a fifty-six dollar engagement ring, which was pretty. Like I saw yes, the pictures. Yes, like it's it not. Was it really wasn't. Pretty. It yeah. was really pretty. <laughs> Two, like that's a, ba bam. Yeah. Right. I didn't. I wouldn't even know the value on it, but I know that it's really, really high. And, and then God tells you to do what? Yes. So now we're with pastors in South Africa, and um, the Lord speaks to my husband to give his wedding ring which was also something that we trusted for. It's a 24 karat gold out of the um, diamond mine, out of the gold mines in Zambia. We really, he just had also a cheap, cheap ring when we got married and we were trusting to get him this nice one. So the Lord speaks to him that he needs to sew it to the pastor, okay, the husband. And then he sews it. We're like in the living room with these pastors. He sews it. And after this, everyone goes to the kitchen to make tea. And the Lord speaks to me that I have to also sew mine to the wife. Okay, so I tell Daniel, then, you know, the Lord speaking to me, I need to sew my ring. And first he laughs and he says, can't you sew something else? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, like the Lord said the ring. And he says, oh, okay, like if the Lord's saying that, then you need to do it. And my heart was literally beating like this because I'm thinking this is like, you know, this is really like my most prized special possession like, it's so sentimental. The fact that my dad gave the heart, you know, since I was five, he held onto it for me. Now I'm going to give it away. You know, it's like, yeah, it was just 
that was what you know the thoughts are going through your head and it's like no mm-hmm. like is this really the lord telling me to do this oh yeah you know which you like, should listen yeah <laughs> if god tells you to sow something and it's really big mm. you need to make sure that it's just not like your emotions telling yeah. you make sure like you did you said make sure you know like mm-hmm. when the lord's telling me something mm-hmm. before i speak or if i prophesy to somebody like I'm always like, oh gosh, like I don't really want to do this because I'm going to look like an idiot. Like Mm -hmm. if I am wrong, I'm going to look, everybody should be very careful, especially when they feel like God's telling them to do something or if they're going to speak into Mm -hmm. someone's life, they need to make sure if you're going to put words in God's mouth, Mm -hmm. you got to make sure that those are God's words. My heart's always pounding. (laughs) It's usually never easy, right? Yeah. But nine times out of ten, if you're like your heart's beating out yes. of your chest, yes. you know, like this it's isn't really like yeah. something I want to do. Yeah, God's prompting me. Mm-hmm. But always, always check before yeah. you sow a seed. Depending on how big a seed it is, mm-hmm. always make sure it's not your emotions, mm-hmm. because you want God's blessing on whatever you're sowing. And if yeah. you're just sowing it out of emotion, mm-hmm. I think God will honor that to a certain extent. And then yeah. after a while, He's going to be like, "Listen." I want you to do it because I'm telling you to do yes. it, not because of whatever the motive is behind yeah. the heart. So you know mm-hmm. God's telling you. Yes. So now I go I go to the pastor and I say, Pastor, I want to sow this to you. But I'm like crying. I'm like, I want to sow this to you. <laughs> <laughs> it, was re- it was really difficult for me. Like I said, this is my alabaster box, you know. So I'm crying, but I just stand on the scripture that... <laughs> <laughs> those who sow in tears will reap with joy amen and i am like crying you know giving it she's like are you sure i'm like no 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 it has to be this way and um yeah so i i sewed this to her and so this pastor has actually sewed 11 wedding rings who i sewed this ring to she has sewed 11 wedding rings okay so she would sew hers the new one comes back sew again new one comes back sew again new one 11 times all right okay to cut the story short so, um, so saying this to her, and then I remember going back to the hotel. I was still like weeping. I literally like read that scripture like ten times, like weeping, weeping, weeping. Uh huh. <laughs> and then um, even the next day, you know, you think, oh man, I really miss, I really miss it. But it, no, the Lord said I need to give it, so gave it. You know, really thankful. And then um, a couple of weeks, I guess, goes by. It was probably like. Five weeks could have been longer I can't remember the exact date uh, Daniel was ministering in Pretoria in South Africa and these pastors come and uh, attend the service and after the service the husband comes and drops something in our hands okay so after a while right let me just quickly say this yeah. after I've sewed it um, after a while like I didn't miss it anymore I was so thankful it was like the Lord broke something off of me by giving my alabaster box because once I gave this away nothing else that the Lord would speak to me to give away felt like anything so it was like that break that has to come and like that's what I want to encourage you today you know if you've never sown something that was so precious to you you've never sown an alabaster box I would suggest doing it because it's the Lord breaks you open then with giving once you've done that yes that is just from a voice of experience, because mm-hmm. Tom and I, all our lives, mm-hmm. have been huge givers. Materialistic things, financially. Mm-hmm. And it's always been, like, I, want, I don't want to say it like this, but it's always panned out for us, right? Yeah. Um, 
like you just realize you can't outgive God mm -hmm. and there's really nothing that matters. Yeah. Like Yeah, and you shouldn't be attached to anything. To nothing materially. Yeah. People are the only thing. Yeah, that's right. Outside that's... of people, yeah. like my children, um, I obviously want everyone to be saved, but my children are my true investment. Yeah. They're my only like thing that really so once you give away, mm -hmm. nothing matters. Like, no. It's so easy to give yeah. away anything once yeah. you give away the most, the thing that means the most to you. Yeah. And that is a true fact. Yes. So go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah. So then, um, so then obviously I felt like that was why the Lord told me to give my most prized possession is because he wanted to break, really break me open with giving. So after that, he can tell me anything, any amount of money, like I'll empty out my bank account, like. I'll give away my favorite shoes, my favorite handbag. It really doesn't matter because this was like, this was yeah. it. <laughs> so then, um, so I was trusting the Lord for a harvest. I was like ready for my five carat to come chill on my finger. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> hey, you gave up like three. So five's got to be it. Yes, yes. And then, um, so I was just wearing like a little place. I just went to a jewelry shop, just got like just a little band just to put something there, you know, that everyone can know that I'm married. Yeah. And um, then, and we're now at the service. And after the service, the husband walks over to us, drops like something in, I think it was my hand. Yeah, I dropped something in my, or Daniel's hand and he puts it to mine. And obviously you can feel, oh, it's rings. And I thought, oh, did this person now really go buy us new wedding rings, you know? And I looked at it and it was our wedding rings. They gave it both back. And like I said, this pastor, she's sewn 11 wedding rings and they said that she's never given anyone's ring back, you know? So she's received like so many, she's never given anyone's rings back, but they really felt that this was like just a hard taste of the Lord. And like Isaac, like when uh, Isaac was gonna be sacrificed, mm -hmm. Abraham, knew that God was going to bring him back. Yes. If he if he killed him, mm -hmm. he's coming back. Yeah. He just it's a faith thing. Yes. It proving yourself to be righteous, right? Mm-hmm. And so we got we got we both got our rings back. And I was like, I initially I didn't even know what to do because I was like, now this doesn't even feel like I don't even have this I don't have any attachment to it. So it was like not even like Oh, thank the Lord, my ring came back, you know, like I'm yeah. so th it was really not even like that because that whole attachment thing completely broke. So obviously like I'm very grateful for the ring and I'm, you know, it's so special that I can still have it, but there's no attachment anymore. Which is but, huge. Which is huge, yeah. So, but yeah, so the Lord really just, it was, it was really special, obviously, you yes. know, to like see the Lord's heart also with that and just to, so yeah, so I want to encourage everyone today, even watching the the broadcast like if you if you also feel that you're attached to something like if the lord would tell you right now give this and you think in your mind no i don't want to give that that's when you know you've got to give it away absolutely um there's another evangelist that said to me the other day like if she if the lord tells her gives you give your shoes and she's like no i don't want to give this now then she immediately just does it because it's like why do you have an attachment to earthly things the only thing you can take with you to heaven is souls so absolutely yeah. And that's what Heather, <laughs> Heather's son did the same thing up at the river. He had his love these shoes. Mm -hmm. And listen, he has like, they pay, you pay huge money for your, his shoes because his feet, his feet are so big and wide <laughs> and like they, they don't, they're not cheap. Mm -hmm. And he gave up his favorite, he walked his favorite pair of shoes up to the altar and left them up wow. at the altar. Yeah. Like you have to be willing to do that. So yes. I encourage you, I, we don't 
I don't. I'm just telling you. I mm. don't talk about giving because I want it. I don't mm. want it. I want you to be free. Yes. And once you once you start giving, you're going to sit there and kick yourself. And mm. you're going to be like, why did I wait so long mm-hmm. to do this? Because you're going to see the return. Because Jesus, you know, the promise is true. Jesus came to this earth. He became poor so that you might become yes. rich. Okay. There are promises in his word. In Malachi, test him in this. Yes. So I say, test him. But I challenge you because it's not always going to be easy. Mm. God's going to stretch you. Mm -hmm. But he only stretches you so you can be better in your walk, better in letting your carnal nature die, and that you're used in a mighty way Mm -hmm. for him. Mm -hmm. There's nothing more pleasing, nothing more... uh, um, it's not just pleasing, it's satisfying. Yeah. Is when you're doing what he's called you to do. Yes. And that doesn't mean in ministry, that means in your job. Mm-hmm. Like, not everybody's going to be preaching and teaching the gospel yeah. in a big forum, yeah. like, or in a pulpit. But you are every day on your job. And mm-hmm. you're, you are when you walk into a convenience store or yeah. you're an elevator. Whatever it is, you have a purpose and God has a plan. Mm-hmm. And Part of that is releasing your money, yeah. releasing your materialistic, uh, material things. Mm-hmm. And once you learn to let it go, yeah. And look, the Lord's like going to bless you back. The Lord's not going to be like, give me like all your valuables for you to be free. That's just not how it works. The return no. is coming and you'll have, if, when you start giving, you'll receive more than you've ever had before. Ever. So even if you think right now that, no, what you have right now, you're very happy and that's just it. And no, give that away and you see what the Lord does in your life. You have life, no honestly. idea. Like, it's amazing. So yeah. I always say this. You don't need to give to Foundation Church. I would strongly encourage it because yes, if you're being fed ground. by um, this podcast, by my husband's podcast, um, which if you don't know about my husband po- husband's podcast, it's the Tom Lightly podcast. Um, we'll put a link up there so you can see where to watch that. But then there's Tr- Foundation Church. If you're mm-hmm. being fed by any of these three things, then you need to sow where you're being fed. Mm-hmm. But then there's Revival Today, there, uh, which is Jonathan Shuttlesworth and Adala Shuttlesworth. Then there's uh, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown and Adonica Howard Brown, which is uh, the River Church. You know, take the nations. You can seriously... That's good ground because that's winning the lost as well. Mm-hmm. You have different places that God may say, that's where I want you to sow. So, that's mm-hmm. all there is to it. So, and then watch to, watch and see the harvest come in. Amen. Whatever you sow in the ground is going to come up. Mm-hmm. It's plentiful. Yes, But you is. have to sow first. Yeah. Amen. So, uh, thank you, Bia, for coming. Thanks I for love having you. me. Awesome. I love you, too. Super special. <laughs> um, I'm so happy you were my first guest. Now, Tom, my husband, he's going to be with me on the 15th of February, which is already going to be passed because this one is going to play on Friday. Mm-hmm. So, you'll, I'm not even talk about Tom then. There's no point. <laughs> He's not good. He'll be my first guest, dadgummit. She'll be, you'll be my second girl. He'll be my first, well, Jared was my first guy. I'll be your I'm first all confused. Lady. You'll be my first lady. Lady, yes. So, uh, yeah, I was going to talk about Tom being here for Valentine's Day, but there's no point. <laughs> it's, you'll have it's already gone. seen it. It's gone. It's mm-hmm. a nothing but a memory. So but You guys are one, so technically it's not a guest. So Yeah, we are one. True. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> Let me just say. Oh, my gosh. That's a big one. I'm only referring to size. Because Tom ain't no tiny guy. <laughs>
you. Big personality, big body, whatever. Okay, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Real talk. <laughs>